It's Song Talk Radio. Welcome to Song Talk Radio. This is the show with songwriters talking to other songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips, tools, and techniques, and together we all become better at writing songs. I'm your host, Neil Modi, and with me, my co-host, Phil Emery. How are you doing, Phil? I am doing very well this Tuesday evening. Awesome. Very good. It's a Tuesday. It's Tuesday here, too. That's true. <laughs> Even though we're far away. Even though we're far away, it's still Tuesday. We'll see you on Tuesday. Uh, please send your comments and questions to at Song Talk Radio on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or feedback at songtalk.ca for the email, and we'll share your thoughts on the show. And please visit songtalk.ca to see the show post for this episode, to find links to resources we mention, and to download lyric and chord sheets to follow along with the songs uh, that we feature. And uh, before we get to tonight's guest, um, we had a we love getting comments on our episodes, and we had a great show uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, singer songwriter Alistair Bradley, um, all talking about bridges, and uh, we got a great. Um, a uh, great comment uh, on our on our website uh, from our good friend of the meetup, uh, Paul Gallagher, and uh, about that episode, he said, just saw this pop up on Facebook and gave it a listen. Very helpful for the song I'm working on for the mode challenge, which, of course, <laughs> already started. Yeah, it, 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 that's the second person we've had uh, come in and say that they've already started on the on the mode challenge, even though we haven't uh, officially dropped it yet. But hey, go for it. <laughs> Why not? I know I've been thinking about it. <laughs> and um, and we got a comment from a good friend, Mike McKinnis, uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, he said, know who's the king of bridges? Lionel Richie. Most mm. of the songs on his greatest hits have bridges that are completely different from the song and could have been songs themselves. All Night Long has a bridge within a bridge. <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah, of course, there are tons of good, great songs with bridges. Lionel Richie, for sure. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. And and actually, I, 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 after after that show, I actually had a bit of a, <clears throat> not really a revelation, but a bit of an examination when I released my uh, Electropop uh, EP two years ago, um, Asymmetry. I was kind of, I wasn't like super conscious of it, but I was conscious of, let's make sure that each of the songs has a slightly different structure, whether it has a bridge, maybe some of them mm. don't have a bridge, whatever. I wasn't like, you know, trying to science it or math it or anything like that, but it was just sort of in the back of my mind. And and I actually went through my through those songs and actually looked at them. And sure enough, two of the songs have only a verse chorus. Two of the songs have a verse chorus and a bridge. Two of the songs have a verse, a pre-chorus and a chorus. And one song actually has a verse, chorus, a post-chorus and a bridge. So oh, four wow. different sections. And in some ways, that one with the four sections is the most kind of adventurous and interesting song. The one, the, the two songs that only have verse chorus, in some ways are not the most interesting songs on, on my album. Oh, and wow. it's kind of interesting is to see how, you know, you kind of, I feel like you kind of need at least three sections. You need A, B, and C, no matter what it is. But uh, it was just an interesting little uh, little uh, experiment that I that I ran there. And um, uh, Phil, you've got uh, you got something uh, to announce? Uh, yeah, a little bit of. Um, well, actually, I do have a, a tip. Mm -hmm. um, when you're listening to pop songs that have um, you know charted, listen to. They'll often will have in the chorus they'll have or in the verse they'll have a statement. Then they'll have a sort of like a break, and then a, the other statement. And in the in the break, they'll very often have little hooks and little sort of musical accompaniments that really sort of pull the ear along. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I've noticed. A lot of people who have been sending me songs, they sort of don't do because they you know they do the verse and they you know the chorus and they're concentrating on the vocals and the lyrics. But it's all those little sort of musical extras that uh, when added to a production really help bring the song along so uh listen to that yeah and and and, and even if you are very lyric heavy a little musical break gives your listener a bit of a moment to digest the lyric you know absolutely yeah so it's you know it's a good thing no matter no matter where you're coming from but you're true it doesn't doesn't seem to happen as much as it used to yeah it's um, especially you know the, the songs of the 70s and 80s you know, the big uh, hits always had those kinds of things. But I do have a bit of good news. So uh -huh. I think maybe a year ago, possibly two years ago, I had realized that all the files for our outro song, which is a song I've been working on 
called Gonna Want To, mm-hmm. that I had lost them all. Yeah, yeah, you, you mentioned this before. Yes, because I ahead. had just, I'll come up with an idea, I'll quickly open up a project and call it something, and then not pay attention to it. So I was going through my old uh, projects on Sunday and clearing stuff out and came across the, the project for Gotta Want To. And I was just kind of looking at it going, ah, oh, it's not a drag, because all the files are called guitar, vox, or bass. So, you know, it's hard to find anything. Mm. But one of the, one of the uh, track names was called Bitar, B-U-I-T-A-R. Okay. So... Before I threw out the project, I figured, let me do a search for guitar. And lo and behold, I found all the files. Oh, my God. It's all back together, and it's great. Amazing. <laughs> and I'm so happy. There's, That's awesome. There's just been this sort of, every time we do the outro, there's always a bit of a kind of a drop, because I thought, oh, I just lost that stuff, and I could re-record it, but you know, you never quite get the same spark as when no, you first you record do. something. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, so I found that. So I'm very, very excited about that. And um, try to be more careful when you're naming your files for your uh, projects. Yeah, and back up and organize it well. And yes, oh, backup, yeah. definitely backup. Definitely if you're backup. backing up now, use Backblaze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do it overnight because for five bucks a month, it's well worth it. Yeah. And refer to our uh, episode from last year of DAWs or yes. home recording something. I forget what it was called. It's a home recording episode. <laughs> something. something like that. <laughs> All right. And um, uh, from our episode a, a few weeks ago with uh, Joey Cofone, author of um, uh, The Laws of Creativity, um, uh, Phil, you got a little uh, email? Yes, we got an email from uh, Dave Grandel. Uh, for me, creativity is an elusive concept. I find that it is the combination of my thoughts when I am left to my own devices. Work tends to get in the way, which is ironic because creative work is work. But it's the same but different. It taps into the core of your being, requires focus and attention. It requires solitude. Uh, my email address and the name of my publishing endeavors, um, Cottage Songs, comes uh, from time spent at my parents' cottage. Without those mm. moments of solitude, I would not be uh, the songwriter that I am today. I want to thank you, uh, Song Talk crew, for doing what they do as, faith- as faithfully as they do it, and Joy for writing that book. Um, and if he doesn't win it, he'll probably going to buy it. But uh, mm-hmm. he's entered into the contest, and um, yeah. Hopefully, Dave will be the lucky person. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the for the, for the email, Dave. And I'm, I'm really glad that you you recognize what works for you because mm. everyone says, you know, well, how, you know, everyone's always asking, especially even on this podcast, like, how do you write songs? That's kind of our it's kind of our general, you know, question. But you know, what works for someone else, even a professional songwriter, may not be the thing that works for you. And it's really important to find out how what how, when, when you're mo- when time of day you're most creative, what environment you are the most creative. That's know. very true. Now, Neil, how do people, if people want to win that book, how do they do it? Yeah, so from that episode, uh, the, the author, Joey Cofone, was generous enough to uh, grant us another copy of the book that we're uh, giving away to one of our lucky listeners. And we're all we're asking from you is exactly what uh, what Dave did. Send us an email at feedback at songtalk.ca and tell us what creativity means to you. Um, just uh, this a perfect example with what Dave just told us, and uh, we'll just uh, pick one of those um, emails at, at random, and you hopefully get to be the lucky winner. So, thank you for everyone who's uh, been emailing us, and uh, yeah, hmm. we'll we'll probably announce that uh, a week from now or so. Yes, and uh, someone will get get that book. It's actually quite a decent book. Of it's all a really good book. Creativity. It's it's actually quite good. Yeah, and it's really down the songwriting angle. Even though he doesn't really talk about songwriting, it's it's yeah. really applicable, <laughs> very, very much applicable. Okay, and last thing before we get uh, to our to our guest tonight, a uh, little article um, and covered on the social medias. Music may alter connectivity in the brain, and um, it's an article on the technologynetworks.com, um, and it's just talking about um, you know an, yet another study they did where they you know examine um, you know music and and memory and especially in older adults and uh how how it uh, sort of helps helps people um re- remember things from their past and and sort of 
uh, fire some neurons and get get things working again, um, where where nothing else kind of kind of helps. And it's really you know they make personalized playlists and for the for the individual patients and things like that. And uh, we'll put a link to the article um, in 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 the in the show post. It's a short you know so five minute read article. So it's it's a good little it's a good little reminder about how. Um, what kind of impact music can have on people's lives and 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 that kind of connection between between memory and and, and brain connectivity and all that cool science stuff and it's and it's true because they've often said people who've had strokes and who can't speak or sometimes they have dementia mm -hmm. they can actually sing songs that they uh, grew up with or uh, some uh, can even play who are musicians even though they can't do other things, they can still play their instruments, which is such a cool idea. Yeah, which is, which is an amazing thing. It's just it's the power of music. It's just incredible. Indeed. All right. Okay. So tonight we are very happy to welcome back to Song Talk Radio, Alex Worms. And here's a taste of her new holiday single, Christmas Morning. Sleigh balls in the air Plate of shortbread Ready by the chimney Imagining the glare Of headlights Rolling down our driveway Some artists work to master their chosen genre, and others may even manage to define one. Alex Worms creates crafts music that is essentially a genre unto itself. Seated at her beloved keyboard, the young vocalist and composer flows freely and flawlessly between styles and sounds, gracefully blending classic singer-songwriter pop, jazz, soul, rock, classical, folk, and almost anything else that strikes her fancy, all while investing everything with honest tales and authentic emotions drawn from her own life and experiences. Welcome back to Song Talk Radio, Alex Worms. Thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs> Welcome back. And the last time you were on the show was in the in the before times, before the before the pandemic. Um, you brought your keyboard in, and we had a great episode with you. Um, that was that was 2019, sometime I think. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm actually curious. Is this is this the uh, is is writing a Christmas song a yearly thing for you, or is this like the first one you've done? Or this is my first original Christmas song. So uh. back in um, part of the reason it's been so long, I think, is that um, in 2020 and 2021, um, I didn't release any original music. I released a couple of cover songs. Um, one of which was "I'll Be Home for Christmas." Um, mm. And uh, I also spent most of my time uh, film scoring. <laughs> so orig original music, original uh, singer-songwriter music um, kind of got put on pause uh, while I wasn't you know, out on tour. Um, but yes, yeah, so this is the first original Christmas song I think I've ever wrote that I can remember and the first one uh, to be released as well. So what, what, I mean, aside from that, then what, what changed... In, in your within yourself to say I'm going to write a Christmas song this year. It happened pretty organically. I was well, what happened quite on like so honestly the Christmas season um, before the pandemic for me was not the most fun time <laughs> because I I found uh, you know as a working musician there are lots of holiday parties to play so it, it's extremely busy um i'm also i also teach music so it's kind of end of year stuff for my students on top of just being busy because of shopping and you know family parties and things like that so um i used to find it um really extraordinarily stressful and i had to it was a lot of work to remind myself like no like this has to be fun. Like you have to, you know, focus on, on the, on the nice parts. Like these are people you haven't seen for <laughs> all year that you need to catch up with. So in 2020, um, which quieter. is when I wrote the first draft, 
of the song, there were no gigs. Yeah. Um, so I found that, you know, I was going into the holidays and I, um, in 2020, be because of what had happened, I enrolled uh, at Humber College and I, um, I did an online grad program in music composition. So I had school to keep me busy. Um, and I, I was do I had, I think in December, I was finishing up my last um, movie score and I was feeling pretty relaxed for once. And mm -hmm. it kind of hit me that um, even though like so much of what I normally associated with the Christmas season would not be happening, but what I did still have was my close family in my bubble and I still had the most important part of the season for me. So, um, and so that that's kind of where my head was at at the time. And I was relaxed enough to like, you know, my, for me, like my writing process goes one of two ways. Like there's the writing that happens uh, from a brief um, and then the writing, like, you know, most of the songs I rarely, I try to avoid sit, sitting down to write a song today. Like <laughs> I don't, um, I don't really think about songwriting that way. Um, but it's about finding the seed of an idea. So in situations where I have a brief put in front of me to write a song, I have to find the little magical seed first, which can take some messing around and trial and error. But often the idea seed just presents itself in my head. Um, and that's what happened with this one. I, I was at the piano and I was getting ready to, you know, I can't remember what day of the month it was, but um, I was getting ready to just hang out with my family. And I was wearing one of my brother's old sweaters. Mm. And then the the line that we heard at the end of the clip there, at the end of the pre-chorus, um, sitting by the roaring fire late on Christmas Eve in the sweater you outgrew last year and handed down to me, mm. that kind of just materialized in my brain. And I went, oh, that's a Christmas song. <laughs> mm -hmm. Amazing. Did you, um, in writing a Christmas song, because there's been a gajillion written, uh, did you do any kind of research? Did you like look in, listen to the classics or did you just kind of write this as it wanted to be written? Um, the latter first. So I, I kind of, um, and then the research later. <laughs> Um, because I, I tend, yeah, I, I just kind of played with it and I went with my instincts at first and that pre-chorus, pre-chorus one was the first thing that came. Uh, the second thing that kind of came naturally from that was the little, um, musical hook. This mm -hmm. came next and then I, I kind of played around, um, I, I just kind of sat, I didn't have any kind of uh, pressure on me that day to be anywhere or to do any, like there was nothing that urgently needed to take priority. So I let the song take priority and I just played and improvised on it um, and let it happen. And then I edited later. But now that I talk about like, that line, I messed around with what those top three notes were going to be. And I tried it so many different ways for, for something that sounds so simple and obvious. I tried uh, yeah. so many different combinations of when the note was going to change over the four chord progression and whether it would change. And um... but, but th that kind of process of going through those particular notes, was, was, there a, was there a feeling that the first few iterations of that was like, this isn't Christmassy enough? Oh, I, I just, you know what, like it, it was kind of like, there wasn't a, a bad decision. Like there, uh, hmm. that, those three notes to me, this little piano thing, like it sounded like snow in my yeah. head a little bit. And it was just, um, I, I don't even remember. Um, I, I, I think it was more, so the top it's E, D, C sharp. G, F sharp, E, E, D, C sharp, and then E, D, C sharp again. So I think it was just different combinations of, oh, well, do I go up to A? Do I, like, I knew I wanted that, those little, um, like, three little notes to stand out Sunday. at the end of each riff. Yeah, and I, yeah. I just, I remember trying so many different combinations, not because, 
the first try didn't sound good, but because I'm very type A and I need to test everything and make sure that I've made the best decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> to some degree, yeah, yeah. <laughs> experimentation. You have to pay attention and, and, and go through your songs and really polish them and tweak them. You know, it's it's nice just to write a song and say, oh, that's good, and, you know, it's done. But especially if you want to be serious about being a songwriter, I think you have to go through it and think, okay, is that line as good as it can be? Is that is that as catchy as it could be? All those little things, you know? Mm -hmm. So, okay, so you so you had so you said you had a draft of the song, and then yes. and then you and then you went into a research mode for Chris for holiday music, Christmas songs. What 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 did you discover, and what changed after that? Well, I can't, you know, I listened to a whole lot of, um, sorry, let me gather my thoughts here. Well, I was still in school, so I, I had this draft of the song. And um, part of the research was just listening to a lot of Christmas records. So some of, I, I listened to so many, um, but I, um, I listened to, one of them was Ingrid Michaelson's Christmas album from... 28, I can't remember the year. Uh, like other artists I look up to who made Christmas recordings, I listened to some Lila B. Alley, her recording of River, and she's recorded a lot of Christmas music. Who else did I listen to? There's a song called, um, there's another song called Christmas Morning by Luz, L-U-Z, um, that I really like. And I don't, I can't say very much kind of, it, it's very like a more indie pop recording, but I think I kind of thought of the vocals like, so this is more getting into production where I was listening to what instrumentations uh, are other people using? Like what kind of direction do I want to choose? Um, and I uh, listened to the Accent Christmas album, acapella group. Just, just lots of listening and just kind of making sense of, okay, like what different possibilities are there for this? Um, and I, I took, I demoed, I was, I was working on the first draft of the song in my second term at Humber now, cause it was the new year. And I just happened to really love strings and string arranging was one thing I wanted to work on in my program. So I actually wrote the string arrangement as part of, as an assignment at Humber that I kind of created for myself. So um, listening to all of these recordings, I, I think what I kind of took out of all of this listening I was doing was um, some ideas about what, how, you know, and I went through so many iterations of the string arrangement too, some that were more complicated. Mm. And then we ended up stripping it back to the recording to make it a little more pop. Um, but we still kind of got like a sound that I think has elements of jazz and elements of pop. Um, and, you know, I, I really wanted to go in, instead of, um, making it super, super contemporary. I think what, what I really wanted to do was give it a very classic uh, kind of nostalgic kind of sound. And I, I think that's what we ended up with. Um, does that answer the question? I yeah, I, 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 I was wondering if there was anything songwriting related um, in there, but it sounds like it was arrangement and, it was and production, production and, and yeah. tone um, um, kind of thing. Because I, I, I remember a few years ago, like I, I, last year was actually the first year in seven years I haven't written a Christmas song. Oh. And and a few years ago, I, I did one that was a takeoff on the on the Mariah Carey um all I want for Christmas is you and I actually had the same title all, 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 all I want for Christmas and and actually saw a YouTube where they talked about this you know the the special Christmas chord progression that incorporated like a flat five in 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 the in the in the, in the cadence and all this sort of stuff and I ripped off I ripped off that total thing and then Mariah Carey used that in her song right all over the place and the, the YouTuber was talking exactly how I did that so I'm like I'm going to use that in my song even though mine's like a even though mine's like a punk heavy metal take off <laughs> thing it's I'm, I'm still going to use that chord progression <laughs> and and make and make my thing kind of Christmassy so you know but but yeah I mean and certainly and, and certainly I, th I think I think you know in terms of the arrangement and the, the strings and, and everything it does it does have that kind of nostalgic old-timey Christmas song feel but I, I don't know like like for you does it 
I don't know if this is a, even a legitimate question. Does it sound like more like an Alex Warren song, or does it sound like a a Christmas song? Can it not be both? Okay, <laughs> it, it, it certainly can be both, but I don't know. Like, I think I think both. I think it. I think it sounds, and the other thing too, like over the, the two years, 2020, 2021 of, of lockdown, in and out of lockdown, I spent so much time going, like I, I noticed you had Alistair Bradley last week, like mm-hmm. I've been to his song studio workshop twice in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I did a bunch of other songwriting workshops too. And I, I think this song, I, I definitely think it sounds like me um, in mm-hmm every possible way um because well not only is it like back to the writing like i didn't i didn't research anywhere for the the lyric or the chords or anything because um i i had so much um contextual uh you know, inspiration just in my memories and just in looking forward to the holidays i had plenty of stuff to say um it's yeah, it's definitely me. Everything from uh, all the words and all the piano choices and um, the vocal stylings as well. I, I didn't, I wasn't trying to do any kind of acrobats with my voice. Um, it was it, it was all just kind of um, meant to sound like me and and <laughs> um yeah. just you know my my uh, i really wanted to sing in a way that i think um you know communicated the the sweetness and the tenderness and and the way i really treasure this time of year and the time i get to spend catching up with my family and my friends so um i didn't i definitely don't feel like i needed much more than my own personal experience to to write the song right on okay i think the hardest thing about writing a christmas song is actually doing the lyrics yeah because it's such like it's not a love song it can be but it's such a it's such a, a difficult thing and it's been done so many times it's um but yours seems to be very uh fresh and new and you know, it's, we've all shared that experience, but coming up with some sort of new imagery is, is always a struggle. So I, I admire yeah. anyone who tries uh, a Christmas song. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, I was going to say like, it's, it's for, for me, it's always been hard. It's been easy to be cynical about Christmas, but it's hard to be earnest and honest without being saccharine. That's really the yes. challenge. <laughs> if, you, if you want to be <laughs> negative, that's uh, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I, I would agree with you on that because, like, as I mentioned before, like, I used to just find this time of year very frustrating. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, maybe that's another thing. Like, even if I had wanted to, I don't know if I could have genuinely dug down and found the nice feelings to pull from in, in previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some of the things you mentioned, I've, I actually, I wrote another Christmas song this year, so maybe uh, we'll release that next year. I don't right. know, but I, I kind of, I you know, there are definitely a lot of tropes. There are a lot of keywords that pop up, you know, in a lot of Christmas music. So I, I think, um, they talk, you know, the the sleigh bells, the snow, the the presents, the bustle, the Christmas, the Santa. You know, the, like there, there's there's definitely a lot of stock. I think, you mm-hmm. know, that people that I, I, honestly I think is helpful if you're stuck on something. But I, again, I I think um, my hot take on how do you not make your have your song come out sounding stock is. Like if you can find some kind of personal connection uh, to what your song is about, and that I think that goes for you, you could say the same thing for breakup songs, for yeah. you know motivational songs, for any you know songs about any subject, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess with a lot of Christmas music, cliches and things are rampant in a way they aren't in, in many many other types of songs mm-hmm. in, in any case it was that's my impression but okay so why, why don't we take a listen to uh, the full the full song uh, Christmas morning by Alex Warrens
Sleigh balls in the air Plate of shortbread Ready by the chimney Imagining the glare Of headlights Rolling down our driveway Lovely. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> is the is the chord progression in the verse and the chorus the same? Um let me see. No. No. Slightly is it, different. Is it, it's, it is pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. Actually, I thought a question like this might come up. So mm -hmm. I've got the chart on my uh -huh. other monitor uh -huh. over here. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's um so the verse is uh, D and then um, uh, G over D and then D and then G over D again, mm. uh, eight bars of each. Um, then the pre-chorus does something different. Yeah, the chorus the is, else for sure. yeah, the harmonic, so the verse, the verses, the harmony lasts for two bars each. In the choruses, it changes every bar and we have mm. D, G over D, B minor A. Oh, okay, so, nice. it's close though. The first, it, it is very. It, similar. Is, it starts the same, and then and then and but it's, also, the it's also double the the tempo, so to speak, exactly. all the time. Yeah, so it gives yeah. it a nice lift. Well, the mm -hmm. melody is what gives it the lift in the in the chorus because yeah. your your verse is very, but then it just yeah. takes off in the in the pre-chorus. 
um, and in and and in the chorus is is really quite it's really quite interesting. I, I find it really cool. I don't know if it's cool, but I'll call it cool. <laughs> like when you start out, because your melody is pretty limited, sleigh bells in the air, play of shortbread right in the chimney, and your piano, you're not emphasizing the downbeat. So the first verse is kind of floaty. It's kind yes. of this, you know, if you want to go back to your snow analogy, it's like the snow is just kind of lightly falling and maybe the wind's blowing in a little bit and it's not really grounded as such. It's not until you get into the pre-chorus where the where the bass comes in and, and really starts to ground it and the melody, the melody is able to take off a little bit more from there and 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 then uh, kind of continue continue that way. And the chorus is, is kind of the same way. But I, I found that I found that really, really intriguing how you know the me the melody starting after the downbeat, the piano part starting after the downbeat. You don't really know where it's falling until you get until you get deeper into the song. One of the nice uh, original images is and kind of unusual in a Christmas song, but of course it works. Is imagining the glare of headlights rolling down our driveway. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's but in the winter you sort of understand that, which I thought was it's nice. It's again, it's it's an original image in a, in a Christmas song that's that doesn't sound out of place you know it's just it's a small thing but I really enjoyed that when I first heard the song I was I remember thinking wow those are really great strings mm. because I've been going through a, a thing where I've been you know trying to replicate a whole bunch of old Motown stuff and they always had you know three or six string players and of course their string arrangements were fantastic so I've been mm. listening to those and it's great to hear that you did this. I was going to ask you, like, who did your strings? But it was you. <laughs> well, I, I didn't play them, though. <laughs> no, you didn't play right. yeah. yeah, but yes, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so you, had, you, so you, 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 you arranged them on, on your computer. Yes. And then, and, then, and then got real players to play it for the studio recording. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Exactly. Amazing. That cool. is Drew Jerica's Venuti String Quartet. And they... That was fun. I got to watch the recording session and, and chat with them about things like over Zoom while they were recording. Wow. Um, oh, and they play so beautifully. Mm -hmm. Like that was the best Zoom meeting ever. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't there in person. <laughs> no, that's just how they do it. But it worked. Oh, it was yeah. it was fun. I just sat here and I just like tried to keep my jaw attached to my face and <laughs> And it was, it was, yeah. That's how that happened. I, I really, I really like the first pre-chorus, sitting by the, the roaring fire lay. But it's, it's that, it's the the genesis of the song. Like you said in the sweater you mm -hmm. grew last year and handed down to me. It's a, it's a wonderful phrase, just sort of mechanically. But it's also a great, a great little detail and an idea. And and I, I I I feel like the rest of the song doesn't doesn't go doesn't get to that level of personal thing again because then then mm -hmm. you're kind of talking about santa's knee and you're and you're off and the, the bridge is kind of interesting now i've got a job and you're across the country when the holidays come around um you know that that that, that sort of sounds a little more a little more personal but the the rest of it is is it, it is very sweet and it is very kind of i would say universal but it is very open to like everybody's christmas experience <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I was kind of going for. And, and yeah, you're right. It was, um, it was tough writing a second pre-chorus because I knew it had to, it had to change. I know some people copy and paste lyrics. Mm. Um, like I didn't feel right about singing the same pre-chorus twice for this particular song. Mm. Um, but yeah, I agree. It was kind of like that line, um, you know, it, it just felt so good. And, um, and, and I think, yeah, like I was thinking about um, my brother at the at the time. He was still, I mean, we were like, uh, he was he was still in university at the time. So like, um, I I kind of he in real life he isn't across the country, but <laughs> he just went to Waterloo. But <laughs> um, I think you know this this thing that I'm singing about in the song, like it it it's specifically like. Um, coming back home for Christmas as adult children. And mm -hmm. I, I think that is, and thinking about how uh, some of the magic that we felt when we were younger, you know, is, is still there this time of year. And I think that is a sentiment that a lot of families who 
have kids who grow up, go away to school, go away to work or whatever, and then come back. Like I, I, I did, I, I was excited because I, I think a lot of people have a similar experience and that hopefully they'll hear the song and see themselves reflected in it as well. A nice little detail is the rhyme structure in your chorus is much tighter than it is in the verse, which is a nice way of yes. bringing contrast between the two. And bringing energy to the chorus. Yes. Showing, morning, glowing, knowing, morning. You know, it's, even though two of them are, are soft, it's a, it's a wonderful little detail to kind of bring some contrast and, and some lift to a chorus. As opposed to having the same uh, rhymed approach all through, it's nice yeah. to sort of change those up. And it's cool. Your your first chorus is shorter than the other, than the subsequent choruses, which I hadn't noticed mm. the first time I listened to it. But I always love that. I think that's such a great yeah. technique. <laughs> yeah, and you know, with with that technique, with you know, half chorus, first chorus, and then like doing a full chorus the second time, it's interesting how like depending on the con, like production, I think, and the style that you take the song in the studio really influences whether that's a good choice to make or not, because yeah. I, I'm working on another EP right now that's almost done tracking, and there are songs on this that I wrote on the piano where I did that half-chorus move the first time. But it's but then when we dressed it up with a band and more, it, like it works really, really well, I find, in my limited experience on stuff that's piano-driven, more singer-songwritery, um, but in other styles, you just need mm. every chorus to be the same. <laughs> but in this case, I think it, the nice thing about it is that it leaves it, the first chorus leaves space for me to add more to the story later yeah. in the second chorus. It's, this is so cool. Like, you know, and, and those tighter rhymes in the chorus, again, looking at it now, it seems so simple and natural. And oh yeah, they all rhyme. Do you know how many times I changed the order of those words? <laughs> I had other, I had so many other words that were like, you know, rhymed better and worse. And like, that was like laborious, like trying yeah. all these different combinations. And it was just, oh, <laughs> yep. but yeah, I, no, I definitely landed on um, something like, I, I, with that, that chorus too, like, it, it, yeah, there, there was a lot of tweaking, and um, one thing that kind of came out in workshopping was like, why don't you put? I think this was this was Blair Blair Packham. He is he went. Um, why don't you put the title in the last line of the chorus too? And then it made the song way better. Like so, th there was just a you know I was thinking about like that last line wasn't always you will be here Christmas morning. That line was somewhere else. So it was a whole mm. lot of just rearranging and trying different things. And um, I don't, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I had my rhyming dictionary and so many different options. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it also, it also works because the two instances of Christmas morning in the chorus are one of them's recontextualized. Else, when I see you Christmas morning, and then you will be here Christmas morning. I mean, they're not miles apart, but <laughs> they're still yeah. they're still different enough that it, it sort of recontextualizes it, which is um, which is, which is really cool. Yeah, and of course, it's always important to think about you know what people are going to call a song, and you want to be conscious of you know your title because someone might just hear this once on the radio and they're going to go, oh, I love that song. And they may not catch your name, but they're just going to go, oh, what was that song? Was something about Christmas morning. And they'll put that in, mm -hmm. and, you know, which is my only gripe with the brilliant screenwriter's brilliant song, Calling to Say, because the, ver the chorus is actually Merry Christmas Baby. But of course, there's five million songs called Merry Christmas Baby. I understand <laughs> that. But uh, it took me a long time before I found out who it was because I just, I just heard this great song, you know. So, I just want to, I want to point, I want to point out one, one other thing because because this is something I went through, I think maybe two or three years ago when we were a holiday song. I took it to the meetup, and and um and and again, it did the same thing as as you did, Alex. It sounded like one of my songs. It didn't sound. There was no sleigh bells in it. There was no like Christmassy stuff in it. And the first verse did not suggest Christmas at all. Or holidays, or snow, or anything like that, and and people in the meet were encouraging me because it didn't sound like a Christmas song. 
maybe you want to <clears throat> inject something in the lyrics that suggests that this is a holiday song and this is exactly what you did because you 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 make it sound like an alex worm song it's an in, in indie pop piano thing whatever and your your opening lyric is sleigh bells in the air well you know right off the bat <laughs> even if you don't know the title <laughs> as soon as you as soon as you hit that and played a shortbread you you know uh, right off the top that this is a holiday song it, but it's it, it's it's an alex worms holiday song <laughs> That's an interesting point because, you know, the first line you mentioned, River, by uh, Joni Mitchell, you know, mm -hmm. the first line is, it's coming on Christmas. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everyone sort of assumes it's kind of a Christmas song. I don't know if it really is, mm. but everyone calls it a Christmas song, but I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it is. I think it is. I, Was, wasn't it about I... her missing, missing Canadian Christmas when she was in the States or something? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like, it, I guess it depends on what your criteria for a Christmas song are, because, you know, if she hadn't mentioned it being Christmas at the time, like she still would have had a beautiful song about uh, missing people, missing somebody. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like once Christmas is mentioned, it, 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 I, I don't know, it, I, I would say yes, but again, depends on what your criteria for Christmas music yeah. is. Of course, yeah. the opening um, the opening chords for River also pretty clearly they indicate the Christmas yeah. song, you know. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've performed that many, many times. I love River so much. and What a masterpiece of a song. Yeah. Just yes. a great song. If you're if you're if you're wanting to write a Christmas song, pull that song apart and just see how she uses the um, da 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 da, da which, which suggests a, a, a you know a famous Christmas song, but then pulls it into another chord. It's just just a masterpiece from top to bottom. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful mm -hmm. song. I think she'll do well. Yeah, yeah, she'll do well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We've all heard of her. I mean, you know. I think so. <laughs> So hopefully, um, Flea, you can come on again uh, next year with your next holiday song. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so, too. A lot of people who are thinking about doing a holiday song, and you've written this and you've gotten it out there. What were your steps to actually get this out in front of people? Um, well, I uh, contacted uh, the producer I wanted to work with, Mark Lalama, who also produced my EP Burgundy. Um, and into the studio, recorded the instruments one by one. We took that kind of layering approach. Um, previous to this, I had gotten some funding from the city of Hamilton to help me do this at all. Um, and then, it, you know, mixing, mastering, um, pulled out uh, some old photos from my family Christmas album and, to use as the album art. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, upload to the digital streaming services, uh, you know, talk to a publicist and uh, away it goes. <laughs> That's right. We did, we did get an email um, from Carrie. About, oh yeah, about it. and I'm, I emailed her back. I'm like, we already booked her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's well, it's funny because I, you know, I I've been kind of doing my own PR for a long time, so sometimes I kind of get, jump the gun a little bit, and <laughs> or people, uh, you know, who I've, I've been friends with, you know, like you know, to like reach out before any of us can can do anything, and yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah. It's all it's all really helpful though. Is, I mean, <laughs> DIY is a big thing nowadays, but sometimes sometimes you can't do it all. <laughs> no, no, you, you definitely it, it's it kind of there. I think you know the other thing with releasing a song is again like there's so much that you can do uh, to promote a song, and it's about choosing what is the like you know being being well aware of how much time you have and what is the most important out of everything you can do because you'll never you know <laughs> you can't do everything on every song and i um for some reason decided to also be recording an ep <laughs> while promoting this song so mm -hmm. that's been a lot so having the help of a publicist was uh, was really important to me for this time around for sure 
here in the band so that is all the time we have on song talk radio special thanks to alex warms great to have you on the show again and um where can our listeners hear more of your music uh you can go to alexwarms.com or you can find me alex warms w-h-o-r-m-s on any music streaming service or social media site awesome Great, and uh, we want to hear from you, our listeners, so please send us your comments, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, at songtalkradio, or send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca, and once again, please send us an email, feedback at songtalk.ca, tell us what creativity means to you if you want to win a copy of The Laws of Creativity. And uh, also be sure to check out our YouTube channel for live performance videos and full episodes. Subscribe today to the Song Talk Radio podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter. And you can find links to all the products, books, and web services we mentioned on our resources page at songtalk.ca. And wherever you are in the world, please join us online via Zoom at our next monthly Song Talk meetup. It's free to join on meetup.com and free to attend the meetup. Bring a song and a lyric sheet and get constructive feedback from other songwriters. Stop by songtalk.ca for the link. You can follow me at neomodi.com. You can follow Phil. PhilEmory.ca. And uh, Alex, what's your what's your go-to social media platform? Oh, uh, Instagram, for sure. Instagram, okay. <laughs> Follow Alex Worms on Instagram. And uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to stop by the website, songtalk.ca, to browse past shows, find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and keep on writing. Good night. <laughs>